Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would give everyone ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them in this particular podcast. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverbs 7, beginning in verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple I perceived among the youths a young man, devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and there a woman met him, with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious, her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows, so I came out to meet you, diligently to seek your face and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Friends, today I'd like to take a closer look at verses 22 and 23. 
And Proverbs 7, verses 22 and 23, tell us this. Immediately he went after her, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stalks, till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Friends, today we will take a closer look at those two verses prior to closing. But what I'd like to do right now is jump in to our study of the book of Job. We are almost finished. Today we'll be looking at chapter 40. And in this chapter, God is speaking directly to Job. Let's begin in verse 1. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Now, friends, my first point of the day is that Job has been accusing God. Now, friends, I am reading out of the Nelson Study Bible, and in verses 1 and 2, the commentary tell us this. Moreover, the Lord answered. The Lord reinforces his initial thematic challenge found in chapter 38 with a dynamic question loaded with legal terminology. The word contend means to bring a lawsuit. God reverses Job's accusation that God has brought a lawsuit against him. It really has been Job accusing God, not the other way around. The Lord reprimands Job for his error. Who is Job to judge God? The Lord might be implying that Job has been trying to be his own mediator or redeemer. Now, let's look at verse 3. Job's response to God. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Friends, the second point I'd like to bring up today is that Job is showing respect for God. Listen to the commentary for verse 4. Vile. The context of verses 4 and 5 suggest that the Hebrew word for vile means insignificant or unworthy. Job's placing his hand over his mouth is probably a gesture of respect as God's subordinate. So what I'd like to have you consider in this particular case is that Job is now realizing, I have made a mistake. I am talking about the Almighty God the creator of the entire world. 
I am challenging God, and he goes, oops, I shouldn't be doing this. And he is coming to his senses, and now God continues. Let's begin in verse 6. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Now the third point I'd like to bring up is that God is challenging Job. Through the rest of this chapter, God is asking Job, what would he do if he does have all the answers? And if Job really has been challenging God, then he should be able to do these things. Let's go on to verse 8. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like his? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor, and array yourself with glory and beauty. And here I believe God is actually mocking Job a little bit. If you think that you are so great, do this. Let's look at verse 11. Disperse the rage of your wrath. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together. Bind their faces in hidden darkness. Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. And friends, there is so much that we can draw from these verses that God is speaking to Job. First of all, he mentions that he is a being a bit prideful here. And he talks about how a lot of people in this world have pride, and they need to humble themselves. And he's asking Job if he can do that with people who are pride. He's asking Job if he could take care of these people and get them to humble themselves. And the obvious answer to that question is no. We can't control people. And God is simply having Job consider these things. It says, Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. And here I think God is speaking to Job and telling him you have the ability to get yourself out of the mess that you've gotten yourself in. Simply have integrity. Job, do the right thing. Stop accusing me and simply acknowledge that you are mere man and I am God.
Let's go on to verse 15. Look now at the behemoth which I made along with you. He eats grass like an ox. See now, his strength is in his hips, and his power is in his stomach muscles. He moves his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are tightly knit. His bones are like beams of bronze, his ribs like bars of iron. He is the first of the ways of God. Only he who made him can bring near his sword. Surely the mountains yield food for him, and all the beasts of the field play there. He lies under the lotus trees in a covert of reeds and marshes. The lotus trees cover him with their shade. The willows by the brook surround him. Indeed, the river may rage, yet he is not disturbed. He is confident, though the Jordan gushes into his mouth, though he takes it in his eyes, or one pierces his nose with a snare. And friends, I'd like for you just to go back to Monday's podcast. And one of my considerations was that some animals are not meant to be tamed. And we do not know the exact creature that God is talking about here, but he's talking about a creature such as maybe a large elephant or maybe a hippopotamus or maybe a dinosaur. It may even be a fictional creature. But what God is demonstrating to Job is that he does not have the power to overcome these large creatures. He simply doesn't have it in him. Now, before we close, let's go back to our two verses of the day in Proverbs 7. In verses 22 and 23, it tells us this, Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Now, I want to read the commentary in my Bible. It says the passage here uses several unflattering metaphors to describe how a young fool falls into immorality. The phrase, as a fool, to the correction of the stocks, could be translated as a stag prances into captivity. The idea is that the young man is oblivious to his fate. Such a fool has no idea how foolish he is. And friends, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I often talk about falling in to the temptation of sexual sin and the sin of adultery. You have to be aware that there is a possibility that you could be swayed by someone who is trying to tempt you. But I want everyone to consider this one verse. 
And if you do fall into this trap or even consider it, listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, friends, when people make mistakes, I used to hear this, this is many years ago, but I heard, I believe it might have been Flip Wilson, he was a comedian, and he said, the devil made me do it. And friends, this one verse says that that is never the case. In James chapter 1, it says, Do not ever say that God tempts you to do something. God will never tempt us. When we are tempted, it is because of our particular lusts, that we have inside of our flesh, and we sit there and think about the possibilities of what it might be like to be with a particular person. But God always gives you a way out. And what that means is we always have the ability to say yes or to say no. All you have to do is flee and run as fast as you can out of that situation, just like Joseph did in the book of Genesis. Friends, my call to action today is pretty simple, really. What I'd like for you to do is ask yourself this question. Do you ever challenge God Do you ever think that you're right on a particular thing and you don't want to bring it to God because you're going to stick with your guns and you don't really want to hear what God has to say about it so you won't go to God in prayer about a particular situation? May I suggest that you think about the lesson I've tried to get across in this particular podcast. If you fall for the trap as the fool did in this particular proverb, it could end up causing you your job, your marriage, your kids, everything. When you fall into that temptation as the fool did, you don't know the consequences. And what I am asking you to consider is be painfully aware of falling in to the trap of temptation. Simply learn to say no and walk away. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening today and you've never taken that step, I invite you to say a simple prayer after me today. 
Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner and I have need of a Savior. I know that by dying on a cross, you have forgiven me of my sins. And Jesus, thank you. You paid the price for what I deserved to have. Jesus, thank you. And yet, I still need your help. I want you to come into my heart. I invite you in. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, that's all you have to do. If you said that prayer, go on my webpage, wisdomtodaybk.com. Simply click on the contact tab. Give me your name. Give me your information. Let me know you said that prayer. I want to rejoice with you and get back with you. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.